Hey, how's everybody doing? This is Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy, a.k.a. Mater. Got a lot of names. A lot of names. I'm here with Brian Clark. I'm also here with Nat, Nat, Nat Nate. I almost called you Nate. Why would you do I that? I mean, I don't know. How long has it been? I don't mean a lot of Nats. I'll be honest. This is the one that you need I to swat remember. Nats. <laughs> not, not this one you don't. Okay. QB but Brian. this is Nat mm-hmm. N-A-T, not G-N-A-T. Okay. All right, listen, uh, this is Talking Truth, Season 7, Unstoppable Grace. Uh, the scripture that Brian will be reading is Genesis 37, 1 through 36. And just because you can't see a reason for what's happening in your life doesn't mean that God doesn't have a reason and a good reason. And that's what we're going to talk about today as we look at the life of Joseph, you know, the coat of many colors. Joseph. Coat of many colors. And that, that's the song, right? Yeah. We'll also talk about what to do when life throws discouraging situations at you. And I will give you my recipe for chicken piccata at the end. Oh, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> Everybody's winning today. <laughs> getting close to Jesus and getting a nice recipe for this season. <laughs> All right, Brian. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Can't beat that. You know, it's common for Christians to believe if they do everything right, nothing bad will happen to them. I call it the let's make a deal theology. It goes something like this. God, if I'm a good boy, then you're supposed to keep bad things from happening to me. But then when bad things do happen, we feel cheated by God. I mean, he didn't keep up his end of the deal. But of course, the truth is he didn't make that deal. It's just something we made up. The truth is that sometimes life can get confusing and at times painful. It can feel like God is nowhere to be found and nothing seems to make sense to us. It's easy in those moments to feel abandoned by God. I mean, how could a loving God allow such things to happen? I understand those feelings. I've wrestled with them myself. If you've ever felt that way, I think you'll find great encouragement in the final season of our Genesis story, which features the story of Joseph. Joseph is one of the great heroes of the Old Testament. There's actually quite a bit more information about the life of Joseph than the life of Abraham. Genesis records more words coming out of the mouth of Joseph than any other Old Testament character. I mean, he's a main character, and we can learn a lot from his story. Joseph is 17 years old when our story begins. You remember from our previous Genesis season that Jacob had four wives and 12 sons. Joseph was the son of Rachel, the only wife Jacob truly loved. The text even tells us that Jacob loved Joseph more than all his other sons and gave him a special tunic to set him apart from the others. He was his father's favorite and his brothers hated him for it. Joseph had a dream that seemed to hint that one day his brothers would bow down to him. He shared the dream with them, so they hated him even more. Then he had another dream which seemed to indicate that even his father would bow down to him. Even Jacob rebukes him for sharing his dream. In the Old Testament, occasionally, God communicated to people through dreams. These dreams were not the result of too much pizza before bedtime. They were from God. So what's Joseph supposed to do? Joseph didn't ask to be a favored son. It wasn't his fault his dad was so dysfunctional that he married four wives but only loved Rachel. I mean, he didn't ask for these dreams so his brothers would hate him all the more. 
but that's where he found himself. When he was a teenager, his father sent him out to check on his brothers tending the sheep. When they spy him coming, they see their opportunity to be rid of him once and for all. At first they discuss killing him, but the oldest son Reuben convinces them to throw him in a pit instead. Soon a caravan of Ishmaelites come by and the brothers decide to sell Joseph as a slave. They take Joseph's tunic and cover it with animal blood to convince their father that his son had been killed by a wild animal. Of course, Jacob was devastated by the news of the death of Joseph. It's really hard to process the cruelty of these brothers to both their brother and their father. The chapter ends by telling us that Joseph was sold to Potiphar, Pharaoh's officer in Egypt, sold as a slave. Jacob thinks Joseph is dead, but of course he's not. God is up to something, but for now, Jacob is weeping and Joseph is far away, sold into slavery. I mean, how do you make sense of this if you're Joseph? Where is God in all this? Why does it seem like God is allowing evil to prevail? To make matters worse, the betrayal Joseph experienced came from his own family. I mean, his brothers hated him for things Joseph couldn't control or change. Just all seems so unfair. So, have you ever been there? Confused? Hurt? Maybe misunderstood? In those moments, it can feel like God is nowhere to be found. I mean, why doesn't he do something? Maybe as a result, you've become angry or bitter. Maybe you just walked away from God because you believe God let you down. As we've talked about throughout our Genesis study, sometimes faith means trusting God even when things don't make sense. Just because you can't see a reason for what's happening doesn't mean God doesn't have a reason. It's a lesson Joseph will have to learn over and over again. So let's bring in Dan and Nat. Let's talk about this. Nat, you want to start? Man, that, that's a heavy-duty story. It seems like in the book of Genesis, we're just continued to be reminded that people are messed up, but in the midst of all the betrayal and abuse and discouragement, God still has a plan, and I think we're going to see that come to pass. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, I mean, just in this room alone, Brian's been through a ton of stuff, and you've been through a ton of stuff, and I've been through a ton of stuff as well. These stories, especially with Joseph, I mean, when you start staying in your Bible and you, and you start sanctifying yourself, you start to understand that these stories are for our benefit. And you see how God is working to turn Joseph into what Joseph became. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure at that time, God had it all worked out. He had to go through this. He had to understand this. He had to understand this, and he had to go through that. Joseph could have never became what Joseph became. Mm -hmm. This would have never happened. And we as Christians that love Jesus, we have to understand we're going to go through a lot of crazy things. But you're right. Just because you're a Christian, I don't think you're going to breeze through everything. I mean, this isn't... 
you know, oh, yeah, like you said, Brian, oh, if I do, if I do this, this is going to happen. No, we're all going to go through some crazy things. But I think the great thing about the story of Joseph, it just shows us that even in those times, there is a plan that is being played out. And just stay faithful. God just wants you to stay faithful and let the plan plan out. And when it's all said and done, you're going to go, wow, you know, that would have never happened. Mm. I would have never. And you can see how he works. It's hard to do, man. I, I, I get it. It's hard to do. A lot of people struggle with that. I have friends right now going through times, and they're just, man, why is God allowing? It's stories like this. It's stories like Job. It's the, It's those stories that give us the encouragement and the faith to get through those things. And in the end, we don't we don't see down the road. He sees down the road. We don't. So it's it's a it's a tall order, Brian. Yeah. It's a tall order, but you know, if you if if uh, you stick it out, if you're a Christian, you you understand what it's all about. And I know that's hard for some people to understand as well. Like if someone loses a a child or mm-hmm. just somebody that wasn't their time, you're like, why in the world? Well, you know, I remember Greg Laurie. I, I listen to Greg Laurie a lot as well. And Greg Laurie has lost his son in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And he talks about that. And But now that all these years have gone by, all the people whose lives that changed for the better that ordinarily wouldn't have been touched by such an event, they got a positive out of it. And he himself, he experienced something that a lot of people in his congregation or people he'll come across are experiencing that. And he's able to talk to mm-hmm. them and see them through it and help them through it. Mm-hmm. So at the time, you're like, and does he, I wish he could have had him back. Absolutely. You wish he had him home? Absolutely. But you can see how it all just, it all glued together and it all, it helped people that normally wouldn't come to Jesus. Mm. And so we don't know the whole story. We don't know how things are going to end up. So, well, um, it, I think when we look at the life of Joseph, that's <clears throat> what you're talking about, that it, it's, it's a season of preparation for your future. Right. You know, the book of James talks about that the trials we experience are not there to shame us or to break us. They're there to help mature us and to prepare us for the future. Right. But like you said, one of the other benefits is the fact that we can actually minister and love on people who are hurting and going through those same experiences. Right. We don't have to be joyful for the fact that we're going through them, but there is benefit in that season. I, that's a good point. I mean, if nobody went through those, if you're a Christian and you're and everything is good for you because you love Jesus, how are you going to be able to talk to other people that are having problems? You're never going to because you've never experienced any of it. Right. So obviously, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're not going to go through those experiences. Well, and I think about both of you guys in this room. I know I have called on each of you at key moments in my life because I know you have been through unique cir- circumstances. And I've said, Dan, I need help. And, Speak into this, please. And I said, yes, here's Brian's number. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I called can... Brian, and Brian <laughs> said, here's Dan's number. Right. And I went around and around. Right. And, and I'm still looking for the answer. And then right. we called each other and go, well, what is <laughs> oh, up with right. Nat? Yeah, he What's needs Nat a major. Oh, it's crazy guy. But I, but I think regardless, everyone who's listening today is probably either in a season 
or has been through a season of discouragement. And so I'm curious, from your perspective, what do you tell people when they're just feeling overwhelmed and like life isn't making sense and they can't possibly see the end from the beginning? What words of hope and encouragement do you give them? For me, a couple things come to mind. One is, and Dan brought it up when he was talking, is it's really important where the conversation starts. Like, if for some reason you've concluded that if you're a good boy, then everything's supposed to work out, you for sure are going to be disappointed. Mm. Because there's nowhere God promises that. God's mission is not to make you happy, it's to make you holy, and that sometimes is a difficult process. So I think when people are off right from the beginning, Hmm. they're going to be disappointed because you've believed something that isn't really true. Mm -hmm. I think the other part of that then is, and I do this a lot, uh, you know, I've been a pastor 40 years and I'm really good at saying, I don't know. Hmm. I think it's really dangerous to give answers to things you don't have answers for. So to accept the fact there's – I'm not God. There's a lot going on. I, I don't have answers for all those questions. Mm-hmm. I, I, they're legitimate questions. Right. Why does it have to be this way? But I don't have answers and neither does anybody else. Mm. It comes down to can you trust that God is who he says he is, that God is faithful and he's good. And just because you don't know God's plan doesn't mean there isn't a plan. Mm. We're obviously – we're not going to know God's plan. I mean, that's the future down yeah, the road. It's a mystery. It's mm-hmm. a mystery. Mm-hmm. But I I trust what he says. I mean, I have faith. It, I mean, you, obviously you struggle when things are going bad, and you're like, but you have faith in what he says, that it's going to turn out. Some way or another, this is going to benefit either you or people around you. Mm-hmm. And you just have to you just have to come to that to, to that conclusion. It, it is interesting, don't you think, that while – People sometimes conclude that it should be smooth sailing. All you have to do is read your Bible and realize there's no reason to think that, that all these characters in both the Old and New Testament had all kinds of things happen to them that were really hard, and they had to trust God in the midst of it. It's like it's, it's why these stories help encourage us, because it reminds us that's that's always been the story. You have to trust God. Absolutely. And that's, you know, we've been doing these things for a long time. And that's the the main point that I always like to say is I, I, I find these stories so comforting and helpful because they're Joseph was a regular guy. He's a regular kid like I was. And this is an actual story. And this is what happened to him. And it's and it shows it just shows his highs and his lows. And we're all going to have highs and lows. Mm. But stay faithful and stay engaged in the Bible. Keep getting sanctified, and you're going to start to understand, and you'll be able to get through a lot of those things that other people that don't have that faith will not be able to get through. But more than that, you're going to have, you're going to go through something that someone else is going to be going through. You know, you'll be able to help somebody no matter what, no matter what struggle you had. Mm. Someone that you know is going to be having that same struggle. Mm-hmm. Now you have a way to – you've gone to school. You just call it struggle school. <laughs> you have different struggles. You just went to school on that. You learned about it. You know how to get through it. Yeah. You know, And so right. the, the, I, I think the, these stories are so good. 
and that's uh, why Genesis is so important. Yeah. I think of it too, like boot camp, like Nat quoted uh, James one, mm-hmm. the trials build endurance. To me, it's like boot camp. It's like God knows you're going to go to battle, hmm. and that may not be for two or three years, but you need the boot camp or you're not going to survive the battle. So it's like you got to trust him. He knows what he's doing, and uh, and he loves you, and he's, and he's walking with you every step of the way. How much do you think Jacob, four wives, 12 kids, I know that God doesn't put everything in the Bible that we don't need to know. How big a drinker was Jacob? <laughs> he had a lot of help from <laughs> I don't know, but what a mess. What a mess. I, and it's interesting to think about this this story started How do you scramble that? Decades before this. Oh. When Jacob started making poor decisions and created the yeah. level of dysfunction that led to this. This is part of the consequence. Uh, yeah, and that's you know, we've covered that too. You know, God will take away your sins and he will save you your soul, and he will give you a new life, but you still have the consequences yeah, of that old life. Yeah. And that's what Jacob struggled with. But that poor guy, I mean, you can just see him hopping on the chariot late at night, going from one tent, <laughs> uh, and then, where uh, you been? Well, I was over at, you know, Jim's house, right. you know, and just... What a mess. <laughs> a total a mess. mess. Absolutely. Well, I think when we get to a story like this, and especially in the life of Joseph, where you look at the story up to this point, you're going, Joseph didn't do anything at this point to deserve this mm, mess. No. But it goes back to where we began in Genesis. You know, Genesis 1, God created everything good. And then Genesis 3, everything gets all messed up. Yeah. And when you do have those painful circumstances, they lose the child or the spouse or the job or whatever. And and though they are not perfect, maybe they didn't ask for that situation. I remind people, this is a reason to hate sin and to love God because God is in the process of making all things right. No matter what mess or circumstance you are facing today, God is watching over it all. You need to be faithful, be patient, and watch him work it out for your good. And he will. But you just have to sit and wait. Absolutely. And people don't like to wait, but hey, you got to wait, man. You got to be patient. God teaches patience, too. Speaking of that, where's my chicken piccata? <laughs> I haven't given the recipe yet. <laughs> okay, that's right. By the way, before we go any further, yeah. if you do start another band, huh. Caravan of Ishmaelites, that's a good band. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a pretty good band. Name. Yeah. Hey, everybody, this is Brian. You know, we have a lot of fun on Talking Truth, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Dan and I will be back again next week, along with Nat Crawford, to learn more about God's unstoppable grace from the story of Joseph. And by the way, if you're interested in a copy of my book, Unstoppable Grace, you'll find it at TalkingTruth.com. That's Talk, the letter N, Truth.com. So that's all for now. I encourage you to look for God's grace in your life today, and I hope you'll join us again for another episode of Talking Truth. <laughs>